3: in the Bank Plus studio, where college football meets the all-lifestyle. Ladies and gentlemen, this is The Out-of-Bounds Show with Bo bounds, Streaming around the world live at the Out-of-Bounds radio app. And on your radio at ESPN 105.9. Where are you? The Zone.
2: Uh,
4: Out-of-Bounds 105.9 The Zone ESPN. Uh, we'll have MRA football. On Friday night, some playoffs on ESPN 105.9 The Zone. Mississippi State football on ESPN 105.9 The Zone this weekend. Are you sure you want to promote that? <laughs> well, and the Saints play the Steelers at noon on Fox on Sunday in Pittsburgh. Course, this isn't the Steelers of the last twenty years. Nope. Uh, but the Saints and the Steelers will be on ESPN 1059 the zone. So MRA football. Playoffs? M yes. Playoffs. They play JA. Playoffs? All right. MRA, JA at MRA Friday night. Mississippi State football, right here on 1059 the zone Saturday. Saints football, one oh five nine the zone on Sunday, just kind of yeah. wanted to give you an update. If you're on the fits about your child's future, call MRA, schedule a private tour. They'll show you everything you want to see academically and athletically. 601-856-4455. Playoffs, what, we got them going on MHSAA and MAIS, but it's down to the final four, MAIS. One side, j at
1: mra the other one? Hartfield at Prep. I feel like that lineup of uh football that we offer on one oh five nine the zone. It felt like you were reading the the Bronx Bombers lineup. You know what I mean? Felt like the Yankees back in the day it was like, Man, one one big monster after the other. It's a it's a can't miss lineup right there on one oh five nine the zone over the weekend. Can't miss, baby. Can't miss. Can't it's miss. like it's like a Mike Leach offense. That baby's well oiled. Wow. <laughs> Uh,
4: can I give you my – I'm going to give you my top eight in the SEC. Your SEC power rankings? My power ranking. Boom! I mean, there's a lot of garbage after the – not garbage. There's there's just a lot of meh after that. Um, number one, this isn't hard. I'm going Georgia. Shocked. I mean, hey, they just hammered Tennessee, and it looks like – I thought Lugan Bill really framed it up well yesterday – They're not sleepwalking anymore, and they're now imposing their will on teams, which is not good for Mississippi State because we kind of asked the question, how did they go to Missouri and almost lose, and how did they stumble around with Kent State or who? I mean, they were totally checked out. Something happened. Kirby and the staff and the players got, you know, going, and now they're, they're locked in. They physically dominated Tennessee. Maybe
1: they just played teams they cared about. Right. So, Georgia won. <laughs> Maybe it's that easy.
4: <laughs> LSU, two. Um, Congratulations to LSU on beating Florida, Ole Miss, and Bama. And really looking good on both sides of the football. hmm And I got LSU at number two. At number three, I have Tennessee. Uh,
1: still. They're
4: still a really good football team.
1: Interesting.
4: Um... Well, I think it's clear-cut. Uh, Tennessee's number three. And, look, they, they went to Baton Rouge and won handily. And they hosted Alabama. And, and they made the plays in the second half. I was impressed. And yeah. They they can still beat any— uh, yeah. By the way, if they play Georgia on a neutral field, now Georgia would win more. But Tennessee could yeah. could beat Georgia if they were playing— Playoff matchup? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, number four, Bama. How about that? Bama's number four in the SEC in my power rankings. Uh, but I've got... Is that too high? Not right now, but it could be. Oh. Alabama at four. Ole Miss at five. But, 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 hey, that could change this weekend with Ole Miss and Bama playing. That's right. All right? And that's a 230
1: CBS game. Game of the week. Game of the week. It is the best matchup in the SEC in terms of potential, like... Because Georgia's playing state. It feels like that's such a long shot.
4: Oh, I've a- got that 38-10.
1: LSU-Arkansas is a big game. Yeah. I think Ole Miss-Alabama is, is, could be the slobber knocker of the Saturday.
4: Or the game of the week could be... It, it may not be a lot of fireworks. It could It could be A&M at Auburn.
1: Well... Just because of... Because of who what could happen if someone loses. Absolutely. You know, you just... Dude, that's the battle for the cellar. That's the who wants to be Vanderbilt game of the week. Oh, I like him versus Oxford. I like that. I like Bandy of the
4: West game of the week. Let me see what the uh, weather. Okay. Saturday in Oxford, the highs 44. Woo! And the low is 31, but it's sunny. I mean, <sighs> you, when it's cold, it's cold. But God, at least you got sunshine poured down on you. So you just throw on a jacket. And a vest, you tailgate, long branch bourbon. Okay. Uh, So the weather looks, uh, well, it'll be cold, but the weather looks amazing. It'll be kind of that pretty, wintry, sunshine, cold look. Vault hemingway So I got Georgia 1, LSU 2, Tennessee 3, Bama 4, Ole Miss 5,
1: Kentucky 6, MSU 7, and Florida 8. All right, hold on, hold on. You you all right, You had Ole Miss 5, and then tell me 6, 7, and 8 again. 6 was who? Kentucky? Yeah. Yikes, you feel good about that one? Uh, no, they're That's, not good. And 7 was? MSU. And 8 was? Florida. All right, I have questions. One, you really think LSU deserves to be ahead of Tennessee? Absolutely, I do. Why? Head-to-head, they lost. The Tennessee has better wins, don't they? Yeah, well,
4: I don't know. both of them won at home against Bama. Correct. So, so that washes. You know, I'll give you that. And I think uh, LSU going on the road to Bama, I mean to Florida and winning, and also hosting Ole Miss at home were
1: really good wins. I agree with that. So they got shellacked by Tennessee. Is why. Yeah, but
4: I agree with Brian Kelly because I watched some of the, the the game was not in the score was not as indicative as you thought of what played out in that game if you didn't watch it. Yeah, and you're right. Two two massive monumental plays went against them, and they could never get their legs back. But Jaden was not as bad as you would have thought. No, no. Daniels,
1: and he really uh, took a step after that game. Well, he kind of exploded. Half afterwards, they did yeah. some
4: things where you thought, huh. They look like they're still taking some steps towards what they need to do. Let
1: me ask it like this question.
4: Now, look if you if you Tennessee and LSU on a neutral field, hey, that thing could go now.
1: Yes. Either way, who do you have more faith in to win moving forward, Tennessee or LSU? Which team do you like well, better?
4: Uh, well, Tennessee doesn't have anybody left. So they play Missouri, South Carolina, and Bandy. So I'm not going to get anything. They're going to win all three okay? of those games, and they'll finish yeah. 11 and one. Yeah. And uh, LSU has two road games. One of them that could it sounds crazy could be pretty damn tough.
1: Arkansas. Because I think yeah.
4: Arkansas is going to play their bells well, off. And that's- I think they're going to play Sam Pittman. It, they play for I know yes. they they didn't play well last weekend, but he will light a fire under their ass, and they will play football this week. Now. Are they limited? Yeah, yes. Absolutely. They're a lot like Mississippi State. They are limited. They don't have enough explosive players. They don't have enough skill players. You know, they just don't. Yeah.
1: But, man, you can but see that. The-
4: Mississippi State has a tough physical team. Okay? Hard nose, all that. Arkansas does, too. So they can do just enough to work you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And Even home, though
4: they don't have anybody that like scares yeah,
1: you at home against an inexperienced LSU team, although I will say this team seems to have taken on the identity of Brian Kelly, and Brian Kelly has been through the battles. Brian Kelly is not going to be wowed by Arkansas or be lost in the moment.
4: No, man, that guy's coached at every level, and he coached at Notre Dame in really big games. He is a he might be the best coach in the Southeastern Conference. Um, but you know that's something that, especially, man, what they do in the line of scrimmage, starting in the offensive line, starting two freshmen and getting it done. Steve Robertson stops by to tell us why Mississippi State's offense is regressing at nine thirty.
2: Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring.
0: A laundry. Oh, a book club. <sighs>
4: need some more armchair QBs why is the MSU offense regressing I'm not a coach yet but my phone could ring Jeff Saturdays did for those of you who don't know who he is he was Peyton Manning Center for the Indianapolis Colts if you watch ESPN at all during football season Jeff Saturday is an NFL studio analyst and actually does a good job Okay, he played one of the most cerebral positions in football. Uh, when you play in the NFL at that level for that long, and with Peyton Manning, there's no BS. Y'all saw the uh, if you're on the Twitters, okay, and, and and I know I know Peyton's supposed to be perfect and never cusses, you know, and so on. Never has um, gone over the speed limit, whatever, but. If you see the clip from yesterday when it was announced that Jeff Saturday, who's not coaching, uh, ESPN analyst, former Indianapolis Colt, will now be the head coach, interim coach for the Indianapolis Colts the rest of the way. A video surfaced of Peyton Manning and Jeff Saturday getting in each other's face, and they are very, very close. But it goes to show you one, we've all been there in competitive sports or in business, whatever, in a room, things get heated, whatever. And I mean, Peyton Manning is giving him the business, and Jeff Saturday's giving it right back in a game. I mean, they're both in those cool blue Indianapolis Colt uniforms. Um Blake, did Saturday is he a Hall of Famer? I can't remember. I don't think he's in okay. the Hall of Famer. He was just a good player. Yeah. All right. Um, will you look that up for me just to make sure? I I don't think he got a gold I jacket. So. But he, I, maybe I just remember him from being at Peyton Manning's speech a couple years ago yeah. when, when Manning. He's not a Hall of Famer. Okay. All right. But the bottom line is they, I, I'm talking about to the point
1: where they're about to fight. Correct. And the offensive line is having to get and in between. This is the up and
4: up, Peyton Manning,
1: you know, Mister Mister Teflon,
4: uh, the face of the NFL for years, and then his center. And and again, they are
1: tight as can yeah. be. Not many relationships are tighter than center QB in right. the NFL, right? And and I think it's to your point. It's two. It's two things. It's one. It shows that we can be big boys and get in each other's face because at the end of the day, we have respect because we have the common goal. No question. Right. We're we're both motivated for the same reason. How many
4: times have we watched Tom Brady walk down and, and light, light his up. offensive line on fire? Nick right there. Nick the fight. right. Well, college game's are a little bit different, but I agree with you. In the NFL, where they are professionals and they're paid, and it is a very professional deal, much more so than college. To watch Peyton Manning and Jeff Saturday get after it was kind of a thing of beauty because, like you said, their goal, same goal, Yep. to find one inch, one little advantage. Because if you watch the NFL over the weekend, it ain't college and high school football where you have all kinds of, you know, 48 to 17 scores nope. and 35 to 10 scores. This thing is, I mean, guys have been up for hours trying to find, the slightest edge, I guess another staff that has 40 to 60 coaches who are going through hundreds and hundreds of hours of film just for this week.
1: Yeah. I mean, the Chiefs had to go to overtime to beat an undermanned Titans team and the Bills lost to the Jets. That's the NFL for you. Again, we say it all the time. Alabama might lose to LSU, but they're not losing to Missouri or Vanderbilt or South Carolina like that. Like, that's that's the way the NFL all is.
4: Right, let's take it local. Let's take it local. Out of Bounds ESPN 105.9 The Zone is brought to you by Bulldog Burger in Ridgeland. Um, Invite us. We'll meet you there for lunch. Great place for lunch and dinner. Bulldog Burger in Ridgeland. Let's go local. Mississippi State offense. Why has Mike Leach abandoned the run? Would it look like he committed to it earlier in the season? He's down to one running back. Okay, that could be it. Uh, because Marks is now they've kind of Marks was hurt early. Now Dylan Johnson's hurt for them and they're not quite maybe trusting Simeon Price yet. Seems that way. Um but still Marks was capable of carrying the ball and playing. So I still don't I don't think that's enough, honestly, to to warrant totally abandoning the run in twenty four straight passes. Also, they seem to have abandoned the run all the way back to Kentucky. Um and, and that gives SEC defensive lines and edge rushers the ability to go, uh ah, don't have to worry about running. We'll just pin
1: our ears back. I agree wholeheartedly. I mean, you have to have – I'm not in the Luganville camp of you need to run the ball all the time. Oh, I'm not either. But you have to have just enough semblance of successful run to be dangerous. You have to make them believe you'll do it. It's a right. little bit like – I don't. I would argue here's, here's the problem there's three dimensions to an offense there's vertical passing there's short passing and then there's a run game right now Mississippi State is a one of the three dimensions offense wouldn't you agree they've ne- under Mike leach since he's been there they've never been vertical in the passing game so they've always only been two out of three at times when they beat LSU I mean when they beat Arkansas and when they beat aM this year they were a two-dimensional team they ran the ball pretty well they threw the ball in, in, in the intermediate to short passing game Still didn't go vertical. Now they're not running the ball. So now they don't
4: they don't know what vertical means. Correct. And then they don't run the ball. So everything is between
1: a zero to ten yard round. It is. Everything is line of scri LOS to ten yards. And so you've taken out the run game, you've taken out the vertical passing game. So now as a defense, I only need to cover fifty three yards, sideline to sideline, fifteen yards off the line of scrimmage. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, that's I, I get to I get to play goal line defense all the way across the field. Yeah, and in this league, it's impossible
4: with the athletes that you have. They can't be perfect for twelve plays. Right, they can't do it. Well,
1: darn it. Okay, until you go vertical, upset. This until weekend? you go vertical, it sure
4: sounds positive.
1: Yeah, right. Until you go vertical, or until you reestablish some semblance of running game, you're not. You're not. You just have to show them that you'll run it. 38 thirty-eight, thirty-seven, MSU over Georgia. Let me ask you this question. You 35, 35. heard, you heard Rebel uh, Red and Blue, who believes you can't have fun in college football. No storm in the field. Um, I was disappointed. If, well, that he that he said. Are no. you surprised that you were disappointed in an RRB call? I'm not. Well, he had been on a roll. Yeah, but no, that, that's why he was due. Oh, okay. he was due a bad one. That's right. Yeah. Um, I would say if if Mississippi State beats Georgia, which we're not, I'm not even entertaining that idea. But if it if it were to happen, okay has to go over the 80 win of Alabama, right? As the number one upset win in the program's football history. Oh wow. Does it not? Modern modern time, bigger talent gap, bigger, you know, uphill climb. Yeah, because that 80 team was
4: loaded with NFL players for MSU, not Correct. just Bama. And the game um, was played so much differently that the talent gaps were not accentuated as much. That's right. Everybody played in the box, so Coach Paul Bear Bryant, as brilliant as he was, did not stretch the field. Yeah. Well, you kind of did run in the wishbone, you know, Bond and whoever that was, sideline to sideline. But I get where you're going. Yeah. It wasn't a Different spread. Different game. Yeah. yeah. Um, the triple option.
1: I would argue this win. If, if somehow Mississippi State were... See, our, Ole Miss has no, had... I, big wins in modern era big upset wins okay I'd argue Mississippi State really hasn't had that monumental upset win LSU on the road first game of Mike Leach's season defending national champions that's it name me another one in the last 10 years where you go that's a that's a top level top five game in the program's history upset win
4: so you don't feel like Mullen had a
1: monumental win I think he had monumental wins. I don't know if he had one like the level of beating a Georgia number 1 or Alabama in 80 yeah. or what Ole Miss did to beat Saban. Okay.
4: I'm thinking through that. We have Mike Dettillier coming up next. The Out of Bounds Show brought to you by Superior Foundation for all your foundation repairs, superior.ms. Let me let me think about that. We'll, we'll jump back in at 9 a.m. Steve Robertson at 9.30. Mike Dettillier coming up next. On the Yingling Lager, guess what?
0: Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered jumbacasino.com.
3: It's my little escape.
0: Now Judy's the life of the party.
3: Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon.
0: Whoa. Take it easy, Judy.
3: The Out-of-Bound Show is powered by the award-winning golf courses at Dancing Rabbit Golf Club in Philadelphia, Mississippi.
4: Epic win for LSU um, over the weekend against the Alabama Crimson Tide. Great game, overtime, just a ton of fun to watch. The reason why we all love SEC football. We'll visit with Mike Dutillier coming up here in a minute. LSU Insider, WWL Radio TV, New Orleans. This is the Out of Bounds Show. I'm your host, Bo Bounds. 105.9 The Zone ESPN Show is brought to you by Sound and Communications. AV System Specialist. Top quality audio visual at Sound and Communications. Soundcomab.com. The leading edge audio visual for sports facilities, churches, and businesses powered by sound and communication. soundcom AV.com. Uh, Mike, what a game for the LSU Tigers in year one. Brian Kelly could lead LSU to Atlanta after beating the mighty Alabama Crimson tide and what a play call in overtime, but several more throughout the game. Um, from LSU. And so, as you watched it, it was a great game. Tiger Stadium, great atmosphere. What was your one big takeaway on what LSU did to win?
3: Just how far this team has come from week one against Florida State till now. Um, just a maturation of a team. You you see it. They have some confidence and you know, Brian's told me this uh, that comes a time for every coach that a team believes in you, believes in your staff, and that uh, what you're doing is correct. And they've bought into that. They've bought into Brian Kelly. And so, you know, what he inherited uh, from uh, Coach Owen and the staff before and the transfer portal. And the freshmen having such a huge impact. And it's rare that you have two freshman tackles, a freshman at tight end, and Mason Taylor, and Harold Perkins on defense. And you, four guys having that big of an impact as true freshmen. And so um, he's been able to make it work. Uh, But it really has. And uh, I I don't think anyone thought that they would be in this position in year one. Where you might have thought they might have been a pretty good team. Yeah. You didn't think they would be anything like this. uh, To have so many different pieces in place and get it to work. But he came off of that victory very quickly. And you could tell yesterday, he was already singing it to this team. Don't let that success and everybody patting you on the back and telling you how great you are last for too long because Arkansas don't care about that.
4: No, they don't. And uh, going to Fayetteville is always difficult, even though they're coming off a devastating loss. Do you think this team has the maturity? You mentioned all the freshmen playing, might be, and they, they are. They're playing great. Um, you do have some veterans, and, of course, Jaden's been around a long time, um, not with the LSU team for a long time, but, man, what a great story. Brian Kelly and the offensive staff has done an amazing, amazing job de- making that guy better and developing him. Uh, do you think they have the maturity to, to go on the road and, and do what they need to do and not have a
3: massive letdown this this weekend, Mike D? Uh, that's the, see, that part I don't know yet. You know, because they've never played in that type of game. Uh, He's talking about how they beat Florida and Ole Miss and then now Alabama. But now you've gotten a couple weeks of success, how you handle that. And uh, I've sung that song a lot. I think you find out a lot about a team and about an individual when they get success and what it does to them. They may be... Don't work quite as hard. Um, You know, they soak it in a little bit longer than they should. (laughs) But uh, you could tell with Brian yesterday, he was sending that message to this team very quickly. Hey, you you had your little run. You enjoy it. People are going to, and fans are going to enjoy it a little bit longer than we will but you better get your kind of to ready <laughs> uh, for what's going to happen Saturday. And that, you know, it, it's a game that is going to be, uh, I think, around freezing, but it, it's going to get a little warmer during the day. It's an unusual game. Uh, Arkansas and LSU have played some really close games. They have. and the, And the physicality of that game, I think it's always shown up big. I know Coach O and his staff would always preach about, you know, when you're going to play Arkansas, you better bring bring that lunch, Pail, because they're going to pack it all game long. And coming off that type of defeat to Liberty, to losing to Liberty, you know, you're probably going to catch them in a a pretty salty mood. And so, uh, but really – it boils down to this. Their offensive line play, which was horrendous early in the year, has really gotten so much better. And, again, those two freshman tackles, and Emory Jones, Will Campbell, uh, Charles Turner has has turned into a pretty good center. Uh, even though he's a little light, he's turned into a pretty good center. And uh, to watch the maturing of Jaden Daniels at quarterback, doesn't turn the ball over, and making big plays with his feet. And I told you long ago, man, I'm watching him in practice in the fall. Oh, I should say in the summer. I've never seen an LSU quarterback that can run like Jaden. And he does it effortlessly. But it's his speed that is so deceptive. And, you know, you got a lot of people, oh, that guy's really not that fast. Oh, yeah? we we'll try to catch him. Alabama had some angles on him. Yeah. Man, he just ran away from people. And he's getting more, I think, comfortable throwing the football downfield, giving his receivers a chance uh, to make a big play. Because that's where LSU's got talent at the receiving core. Hey, every one of those guys will play in the NFL. Every one of them. Man, give him an opportunity to go make a play and to see Mason Taylor. Uh, And I'll never forget, he commits to LSU. Coach O's uh, still coaching at that time. And, you know, he can't talk about it on the air, but off the air asked him, you know, what about Mason? You know, and he was like, uh, (laughs) all I can tell you, T-boy, he's a big-time player. And it ain't going to be long. You're going to find out. He was absolutely right of how good of a player Mason Taylor uh, is at that tight end position. And, Bo, you walk up to him and you say, you 18 years old? He's legitimately six five and some change and 250 pounds. You see him on television, you don't realize it. Walk up to him, he's a big man, and he's a big young man. And he's got some genetics, big-time genetics. Yeah, he does. So, uh, yeah, it's it's really been awesome to see the growth of this football team and how well they handle success now down the stretch with Arkansas, Alabama, Birmingham, Texas A&M. Because everybody expects you to win those three. How
4: did they come out of the game, health? All right. So as you, you you got two tough road games, at Ark. Well, I don't know if A and M's tough, but but they have players at A and M. I mean, at Arkansas, at A and M. How did LSU come out health wise in this game, Mike D?
3: Yeah, it, everything looks to be pretty good. Uh, Garrett Dellinger, who was a starting guard for them didn't play, but I think he's pretty close to coming back to play. But, uh, yeah, they they look pretty healthy. And that's the thing when you think about it, other than game one, which, man, they had a lot of injuries in that first game. And then you lose Mason Smith, uh, arguably their best defensive player. Uh, And since then, they have been a relatively healthy team. He did lose major burns for a few weeks because of a neck injury. But, man, they've come out of this pretty good. Oh, man. The, the conditioning part, and I think that's something that's a little different than what happened with Coach O and company. That the last two years, LSU's had a ton of injuries. Okay, you lose Mason with a knee injury, and those events are going to happen. LSU has relatively been a healthy football team this year. And that that is the big difference from maybe what we've seen in years past. Hmm.
4: Okay, uh what was your react Mike Ditilier WWL Radio TV New Orleans on the Yingling Lager guest line? What was your reaction when you saw that Brian Kelly was going to go for two and win it or lose it in I overtime?
3: I I would have bet every nickel uh, because he went through that against Florida State, and he was not going to let that happen again. He went for the extra point, and it got blocked. And at that point, I think if he was to redo anything over, he would have not taken that game to overtime against Florida State. I think in this spot, you played hard. You did everything you could to win the game. You know what? I'm not giving Alabama another shot. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm going to end it right here. And I sort of remember them running a similar play a few other times near the goal line with Mason. And so I knew it was either going to be – a Jaden Daniels run or he was going to try to get the football to the tight end because they had done it a few times in other games. Uh, To be honest, I wouldn't have been surprised. that It would have been a keeper by Jaden Daniels. Uh, But once I saw how the formation lined up, uh, I thought Mason was going to be the big primary guy in that situation because we'd seen it before them run it near the goal line like that, and Brian's a guy that emphasizes the tight end a lot. He really has. And when he came here, I remember when he came on WWL with us for the first time, he he made the point that you know that was an area that he felt he needed to go out and get other people. He wasn't able to get a grad transfer. Uh, even I think he would be say he would be surprised had the growth of Mason Taylor at tight end. But it didn't surprise me because we had been through that in week one and he got the extra point blocked and that would have sent it into overtime. I think if he had to do it over again, and I think he'll say it, well, I think he said it privately, but publicly <laughs> he has that he would re, he would have redone that and went for two.
4: Okay. Mike Dettelier, LSU's on fire. And they have a chance to win the SEC West. Um, Ole Miss is still in play. We'll just kind of see how it all shakes out. But as Mike D said, LSU can't let their guard down. I know Arkansas is coming off a terrible loss, but that's up in Fayetteville and weird things happen on the road in the uh, SEC. All right, Mike, were you surprised that Georgia dominated? I, I know you weren't surprised that Georgia won. Were you surprised that they dominated Tennessee?
3: Yes. Uh, I I did not see. I thought this would be a much closer game. The score is no indication of the dominance of Georgia because of how well they play defense. Uh, Tennessee was stuck at neutral uh, most of that football game. And, you know, Georgia was terrific. And I thought Georgia would win, but not in this fashion not in that the way they did it. It was a dominating defensive performance by the Bulldogs, really was. And this is another very young team that lost a lot of people early <clears throat> to the NFL, and yet, man, Kirby was able to get them restocked and reloaded and back running. Offensively, they were impressive too now. Uh, And that part of getting all that together, I felt offensively they're probably better across the board, with one exception that's at running back. Because a couple of those running backs from a year ago headed to the NFL. But uh, man, their defense, uh, Tennessee had, it looked as though they were telling, the Georgia defenders would play. They were going to run before they ran it. And uh, Bobby laughed about it when I said it during the week. Is that you know most people say you know bend but not break defense. Uh, Georgia's not like that. Uh, they break you and then bend you over and spank your butt. And when they were on, they on, and they were on Saturday. That uh, they. they 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 break you and they they spank you. Uh, do you and, and see? They take a lot of chances. They take they do, uh, man. Scheme wise, when you watch them, they take a lot of risk. Uh, they'll send a corner or a safety or a linebacker a lot. Uh, they take some risk in coverage. It's a lot of one on one, and I dare you to beat you. I dare you to beat me, man. They get it done. And the way they mix and match their um, defensive schemes and coverages are so impressive for a college team. It really is. Because no one has been able to slow down Tennessee. And I'm talking about no one. And and Georgia did it.
4: Mike Natillier on the Yingling Lager guest line. Do you see a scenario, A&M, I ain't. They could lose this weekend to an interim coach in Cadillac Williams. And I expect them to lose to your Tigers in College Station. In fact, that could be bad. Um, Do you see a scenario where, because I still say it's a rounding error, the $87 million jump change for for A&M and their, their boosters and their athletic foundation. Do you see a scenario where they could move off of him after Thanksgiving weekend?
3: I could see that happening if it really was bad. Um, Say bad losses to an Auburn, this Auburn team, and a bad loss to LSU. you got to seriously think about it. Uh, You know they're going to make changes on the staff. I think the one thing I take away from watching A&M is they remind me of the LSU teams of the last two years who have talent. They don't have a signature quarterback. And I think it is sinking the boat for all the money they've spent in name, image, likeness and everything else. The biggest position out on the field, they're struggling with. And that's supposed to be Jimbo's specialty. Yeah. Developing quarterbacks. And it hasn't happened. Uh, you can tell me all you want about Kellen Um, uh, You know, he was an okay quarterback at A&M, but he was no signature guy. Now, they conned the NFL into, you know, somebody picking him in round two. and Which we is saw incredible. That out. Good grief. Uh, I, I'm still shocked at that. I, I really am. But uh, Jimbo... I think in that one spot has been almost blinded uh, by recruits. And man, I would, I would love to have that defensive talent, (laughs) man. uh, I would love to have it if if I was a coach. So a bad loss to uh, Auburn and let's say a blowout loss to LSU. uh, He could be in trouble, but I think for the present, I think he survives uh, at A&M with a coaching change because I think you you have to understand if you're going to make us a coaching change now, what happens to a lot of those players that were brought in by Jimbo and that staff? And you could see a mass exodus of that top-ranked recruiting class of a year ago. And a, and a top recruiting class coming again. You know, they, they haven't stopped. <laughs> They're rolling with it. And so I think you got to think about it long and hard. Uh, the 87 million, I agree with you, Bo. Uh, you, you can swallow that. they got guys there that would cut you the check for that. But it's the long-term ramifications if you make that move. But I think there are some people at A&M with immense power. That feel as though if we make the move now or a year from now, it's all the same. Right. This isn't going to change. That's it's right. It's not going to change. And so now you got to convince people in power at A and M and the president, athletic director, everyone else that hey, got to make that move, and, and we're gonna we're gonna finance that move, but you got to make it, and you better find somebody better. So. That that challenge of potentially losing a ton of players, I mean, we saw it. We saw it happen at LSU where a lot of those players bailed out of there fast once Ogeron and his staff got fired. We saw it at USC, similar, that that top-ranked class may go bye-bye if, um, if you make that change. I think that's just the ways of college football today. Uh, and I spoke to Billy about it, Billy Napier, and he was like, um, "I wish that I wish I was the one trying to re-recruit a top-ranked class because <laughs> that didn't happen with Billy at Florida. No, uh, with with Mullen, it, it didn't happen for him. And, but he said, I understand kind of what happened at LSU with Brian, and I understand what Lincoln's going through at USC. That that's difficult, you know." Because those players have no ties to you, none. You know, their ties are to the head coach and to the assistant coaches that brought them in. And they may, in and, and today's world, you may have a big time run of guys getting out of there if you make that change. So you got to think about it. But I think a lot of people in prominence at AM feel as though, hey, we make the move now or we make the move a year from now, it's all going to be the same. That jumbo's not going to change much. No. You got what you got. No. You got what you got. That's
4: the problem. Um, all right. We'll leave it there. Mike Natilier, WWL Radio TV, uh, New Orleans, coming off Monday Night Football. And um,
3: we'll talk to Mike. Now that was bad. <laughs>
4: <laughs> we'll talk to Mike about the Saints as we get past the college football season and maybe... You know Mike's thoughts on what he thinks Mickey Loomis will do, how much longer he stays, what the Saints can do at quarterback in the future, and some other things. Mike Dettelier, WWL Radio TV, New Orleans, on the Out of Bounds show. Thanks, Mike D. See you, buddy. Thank you,
3: Bo. Appreciate it, bud.
4: At Mike Dettelier on Twitter, he joined us on the Yingling, Lager, Guest Line, Burgers, Blues, and Barbecue, B3 in Madison, and Brandon. They now have yingling lager that's a great great move right there from steven and the crew and uh blue plates sandwiches and burgers mouthwatering b3 in madison show is brought to you by sound and communications the top quality audio visual company in mississippi soundcom com.